Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Podcast Manager Show. I am your host, Lauren. And in this episode, I am interviewing Megan Ward on how to turn podcast listeners into email subscribers. Megan is an email marketing strategist that grew her own email list by 78% in less than one month with her signature pop-up podcast system. And she specializes in helping podcasters expand their audiences, increase downloads, and grow their email list by leveraging their podcast platform. So in this episode, Megan shares with us how we can help our podcast clients turn their podcast listeners into email subscribers so that they can continue the relationship with them outside of the podcast. I can't wait for you to hear this one. Let's go meet Megan. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Megan, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, this is a topic that I'm really excited to talk about because we're talking about how to turn podcast listeners into email subscribers. And if you're wondering, if you're listening here and wondering, why does that even matter? Don't worry, we're going to cover that. It's going to all make sense. But before we get into the topic, I would love to hear from you, Megan, how you got started working online. Yeah, so I started my entrepreneurial journey as a photographer. And, you know, I was a mom with kids. My husband was complaining about how much it costs to go get pictures all the time. So I was like, well, I'll just buy myself a camera. And so that's kind of where things began. But then I began creating digital products for photographers. And that's when I learned the importance of an email list in this digital and online space. And I started nerding out over it, got really good at it. And friends started wanting to pay me to like write their welcome sequence or get things set up for them. And then the rest is kind of history as to how I got into this online business space and email marketing by way of photography. Yeah, that's so interesting. Now, tell us how you kind of got it. Well, tell us what you do now with your work with podcasters. So now I work one-on-one with podcasters, growing their email list in their show alongside one another. I specifically started doing that, I would say it was about July of 2021. So it's been, we're closing in on a year and a half of doing that now. Yeah. And how did you kind of happen upon even working with podcasters? Yeah. So my, I call them my OG podcast clients. It's, um, they are a pair of sisters that created a true crime podcast about five years, more than five years ago now as something just fun to do as sisters. They loved watching Dateline in 48 hours. And at first they were just like getting together once a week and recording a show and letting it drop on Saturday mornings. And they're local to me. One of the sisters was my hairstylist. And so I remember going in the salon that particular August that they started their show. And she was like, guess what? We started a podcast. And I'm like, oh, how cool. And next thing I knew, like, she was like, we've got over a thousand downloads. And we're like, oh, this is it. This is your ticket to, you know, becoming a millionaire. So, (laughs) but uh, fast forward to about five years later, they've now got over 10 million. It's, I think it's over 11 million all-time downloads now um, with over 700,000 per month. And actually that number is over 800,000 now. We're currently on the race to 1 million downloads per month for them. 
and they're each bringing in over six figures from this little podcast that started as a hobby. So that's how, you know, I knew them. They knew I email and they were like, hey, we know we need to build the email list. Um, we know that that's important, but we don't really know where to get started. So they asked me to come on board and help them. And the rest is history. And now I help other podcasters build their shows and their email list alongside one another. Wow. Okay. First, a moment of silence for 1 million downloads a month. Right. I mean, I think we get so used to these big numbers and we we normalize them, which is great. You know, we should all be normalizing the big things so we can get to them as well. But that is incredible. Like that is not just your everyday number. <laughs> no, that is that is tough work. It is a lot of work and they are busting their butts. Now, let it be known that I know other podcasters out there our podcast is typically like another arm of our business. It's another way to bring in leads to our business and what we do. But for them, that is the business. And so they're like content queens. They're pushing out. It was five episodes a week. I think we're mm -hmm. hitting six episodes a week. They're recording all the time. They have a really good schedule down now. So they're not recording every day by any means, but they do push out a lot of content. And that attributes mm -hmm. to those downloads, right? Totally. So they're pushing out so much and that's getting their numbers up. So that's not like I'm planning to start a podcast next year. I do not expect to hit a million downloads. I'm going to be excited if I get 1000 downloads in the first month, you know? So, yeah. So just to, you know, keep that in mind that they're For putting sure. out a lot of shows every single week to get to that point. But yeah, it is a huge feat in and of itself. Yeah. And I'm glad that you pointed out that you know, that is their business. And so it, there's a lot of incentive for them to create more content because, you know, that's kind of how they're going to grow the show versus our other clients who are doing this as more of a lead magnet or for people to learn more about what they do, then it's a, it's a, just a kind of a different strategy. So let's back up a little bit and talk about why email lists are important for podcasters. So it is the absolute most perfect way to announce your latest episode, catch people up on episodes maybe they've missed, or just ultimately increase those downloads. Um, when this client that I mentioned, we just chatted over a lunch date about their email marketing, and she decided you know, that she wanted to hire me to write a welcome sequence. And then she was like, well, what can I do to send a weekly email to them? Because their email was like non-existent after their like onboarding sequence for their Patreon went out. People just didn't ever hear from them again, as far as the email goes. And so she wound up just hiring me to run the whole thing, as I said, and they were having all this success everywhere else. Like their Instagram was booming, their Facebook groups were booming, but she was like, I know that we need to grow our Patreon membership. And the only way to successfully do that is to get people on the email list to encourage them to come over to the Patreon. So um, what we did is we put a strategy in place and we used lead magnets and social media together to move people to the email list, ultimately increasing their Patreon and it's increasing their monthly revenue and their downloads, right? Mm -hmm. So the email growth has taken off ever since I started. Um, and keep in mind, this is all without Facebook ads. They cannot even run Facebook ads due to the nature of their show mm. and the things that they talk about. They're banned from running Facebook ads. So um that's a whole other story for another day. But this has been all organic and just being very strategic about what we're doing. So also keep in mind, they did not start this email stuff until four years into the show. So it's never too late to get started. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, I don't, I haven't done it yet. And it's been so long. It's never too late to get started. So it's just so important. Email is so important for the overgrowth of your show and ultimately your revenue at the end of the day. For sure, for sure. And, you know, we're we're talking about turning listeners into email subscribers. 
but it also makes me think that you're you're bringing people that might you know on Instagram and social media you have people there that might just be watching you and aren't really that interested in going deeper with you and so what you're doing really is taking those taking your Instagram following or whatever and just saying hey do you want to hang out with me over email and really take this relationship to another level and some people say yes and some people will say no. But for the people that say yes, you then can say, hey, you can work with me in this way. You can join the Patreon. And it's to an advantage for those people for you to have that email list. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And another way to entice people too, um, and I'll, I'll continue to use the girls as an example, mm-hmm. is just being very creative with your opt-ins of how what you're using to get the person over to your email list. So they have this whole, it is true crime, true crime's popular, we all know that, but they have a little bit more to their brand as far as it is like, we've branded them true crime podcasts for millennials. And so there's a lot of 90s and early 2000s flashbacks. And we love that. We eat it up. All of us millennials (laughs) are like, loving to see all that. So there's a fun (laughs) section in their email every single week that gives throwbacks to like, these are the top 10 hits in 1997 or Here's pictures of what we wore um, on Halloween in 1994, you know, things like that to just, it just makes it more fun. It kind of lightens the mood when you're, (laughs) there's shows that week are about serial killers. So (laughs) anyway, but yeah, people love that. um, And that helps too. So if there's anything about you that's you and your brand apart, think about being a lot more creative that way to help push people over to their list. I know one of their other opt-ins is specifically, it's a 90s playlist on Spotify, could people go search that and find it anyway? Yes. Want to? No. They're going to sign up, get on the email list and get the link instantly in their inbox to get that 90 playlist from them. And then they're on the email list. I love that. I love that idea of a lead magnet because just from the outset, that doesn't really, you wouldn't think that for a crime podcast to then have you know a music playlist. But what I'm kind of seeing is they're calling out something that's already true about their listeners. Like their listeners are already millennials. And I'm sure they've got other, you know, other types of ages. But for the most part, their listeners are millennials. And so it's not so it's like they're just calling something out that's already already happening. Like their listeners Mm -hmm. are already, you know, laughing at all the 90s memes and and things like that and and searching that music up, you know, when when they're in the mood. So I, I think that's so smart. Yes, it really is. And some of their, they do have some Gen Z that are starting to come into the the true crime podcast world. And it's so funny because we'll put in the email and we're like, and Gen Z, don't come at us for this because we know like, and so, and it's fun for them because they're right. like, all these like fashion styles are coming back. <laughs> Y'all were doing this back in the 90s. Yes, we were. We are the OGs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that. So then um, what about like, how are they promoting the lead magnets on the show in you know, how is that? How is that going? Yeah, we're heavily using um, Instagram for sure. But also they are putting them throughout the show in ad spots. So Mm -hmm. for example, if they have an ad spot that maybe didn't get filled, or they just say, hey, we're only taking so many ads this week, because we're promoting our own thing. You're going to do that definitely. And you're only going to put it in once. Do not put it at the end. No one's going to hear it. Always have it to the beginning of the show or in the middle of the show. Um, right before like a juicy part of the show comes out. That way it is right there in front of people. Something super easy for them to remember where to go grab. Tell them the link is in like the show notes. Um, if you have a URL, make it very memorable because they probably are driving or working out or, you know, feeding the baby or whatever while they're listening to the podcast. So I hope that 
that answers your question, Lauren. Yeah, totally. And so I did want to ask you about how you would handle turning listeners into subscribers for someone who doesn't have an email list. And I feel like that hit it on the head for them. Now, what about someone who it's a client that has a business, an existing business, has an existing email list. They are starting a podcast to bring people into their business. What are some of the best ways to turn those listeners into subscribers? Oh, yeah. Um, Have very like super intriguing opt-ins that build upon your show topic um, and really good idea. And that's just, this is something I'm having them, the girls do and some other clients do as well is an audio or like a private feed, private RSS feed of other episodes. It could be bite-sized. Um, I'll tell you a really great example of that here in just a minute, but like maybe it's a bite-sized episode that goes even more in depth on the topic. Maybe it is just somebody that wanted more information on that particular topic or just a limited series, you know, that goes more into whatever it was you were talking about on that episode. And then what they have to do is they have to sign up to go hear the rest of that. Um, and that would be something that you wouldn't have on your weekly show. You would want that to be separate because you want it to feel exclusive and have them come and hand over their email address to get access to those. I mentioned the bite size thing. One of the things I had the girls do, they talk about their dad on the show a lot. Their dad pretty much raised them and they call him Miss KB. So M-I-S-S-K-B. Um, and that's his initials, obviously. Mm-hmm. And people are like, why do, why do you call your dad that? And so they hear all these stories about him anyway throughout the show because they're dropping stuff that he said or he did. And um, what they did is they just took a little snippet of one of the Patreon shows. And it is just like, I don't know, maybe four minutes just telling the story about why they call him that. It has been the hottest lead magnet. Um, The last count was almost 2,000 subscribers just for that particular thing. And we just launched that back in May of the year. So it's only been up for like five months. (laughs) And they've already got that many subscribers wanting to know why they call their dad that. I love that. And just all of these examples you've given from them show what a crazy, cool community that they've built that people, ultimately people love them. And so when they're talking about millennial stuff, when they're talking about their dad, it's like, I'm interested, I want to hear more. And so if you can, you know, you listening, if you can encourage your client to tap into like, what is their audience interested about, whether it's directly related to their business or kind of a side thing. What is interesting and what's something like you said that you can kind of withhold from the regular podcast and create into a private podcast or even just a little audio. Like you said, just like a single audio. It doesn't really even have to be on an RSS feed. And you don't have to get super personal either. I don't want everybody to feel like they have to because not everybody wants to share more personal things either. I mean, it is kind of the age of the personal brand, it seems, you know, but... Yeah, you don't have to get super personal. So just think about things that are super intriguing to your audience that would really help them. And maybe it's something that is a little more private, like things you wish you knew when you were first getting started in business or the biggest mistake you ever made when you're starting your podcast or when you started your business, anything like that, that could really make their ears perk up and say, oh, I want to hear that, Mm -hmm. but just put it behind an email so that they have to sign up for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, one thing that kind of always goes through my head whenever I'm talking about lead magnets or thinking about opt-ins and all of that is, you know, the idea that the, you know, the PDF checklist and kind of like the first opt-ins that ever came about that they've lost some of their luster. So in your opinion, 
what does it take to get someone to give their email address? And we've, we've kind of talked about it, but like, is a PDF enough if the content is desirable? If the content's desirable, yes. Do I think checklists are potentially not going to work as well anymore? It can still work. PDFs do still work. I still have one. Y'all going to hear about one at the end of this, um, <laughs> at the end of the <laughs> show anyway, because they do still work if they are something that is truly desirable and truly going to get a quick win. The one that I'll talk about here later, it does, it really helps somebody who's really getting started or wants to get restarted with their email list and doesn't know where in the heck they want to begin. And it walks you through step by step. I do think that we're moving more toward, we've been talking about the audio and video. Those two things are just so much more popular. People like that better. It's a little more personable. They can hear your voice or see your face. And it just helps them connect better with you as well. And mm -hmm. they feel, I think they feel like they're learning a little bit more, like there's a little more to it. When you took the time to go record something, whether it be audio or video, and have that as your lead magnet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when it comes to a podcaster, I think doing video is really, for this type of example, is really good because they're used to, the listeners are used to mm -hmm. hearing voice. So whenever you can say, oh yeah, by the way, this is what I look like when I talk. But then that's a really cool thing to add in. So I think it, it really video is really smart. And talking with your client about recording one video is easy peasy. They're not having to do that every week or anything. Right. Yes. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. So when it comes to lead magnets, how often do we want to be talking about the lead magnet? And how often do we want to be changing it up? So don't change it up too often. I'll circle back. But you need to be talking about it all the time. If you feel like a broken record, you are doing it right. Because what is the, I forget what we call it. And we say that like it takes seven touches for something to get through someone's head. Like they have to see it or hear it seven times. It's kind of the same concept. You want to be putting it in in your show, you want to be putting it on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, Pinterest, whatever. You want to keep it out there and you want to keep talking about it constantly because they may see it the first time and be like, oh, that seems cool. And then move on about their day. They see it a second time. They're like, oh, yeah, I meant to sign up for that. And then something else happens. And then maybe it's the third time. They're like, oh, I got to sign up for that. I forgot to. So just constantly putting it in your Instagram stories, talking it up. 
putting it in on your Instagram feed, talking about it. If you're a guest on a podcast like today, putting it there too. So constantly talking about it and, and just being consistent with that. You're not going to get on anybody's nerves because not everybody's seeing it. We know the algorithms are not that great. So not everybody is seeing it every single time that you're talking about it. And then the second part of that question is about changing it up. Do you mean for changing up your lead magnet in general? And Yeah, like creating a brand new lead magnet. I say start with one or two that are very solid and let those, as my grandmother used to talk about her percolator with her coffee, let it percolate, let it sit and just, you know, let it do its thing. And you need to let it sit and watch. How is it converting? Are people liking it? Are people signing up for it? Are you getting any feedback on it? And ask for feedback too inside my welcome sequences to find out like, did you like this? Let me know what you thought about it. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you think should be in there? And that sort of thing to give you feedback. But you do need to let it sit well before you're after one week. If you don't have a lot of signups, that's not really fair to you to be like, oh, it didn't work and just burn it all down and start mm -hmm. over. You need to let it sit and you need to keep putting it in front of people to see how it's going to ultimately do. So I say a good rule of thumb is like six weeks and then reevaluate. Do I need to rework what I've already got or is what I've got working and I can add another layer to it and maybe throw another lead magnet in there and see how this other one does? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And one thing that comes to mind when you said, you know, if you if you think you're you sound like a broken record, you're probably doing it right. I think too, like just showing people repeatedly that you're still excited about it and that it's that good, right? Like if you have a PDF yes. and you 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 talk about it for six months, you know, a year and beyond, it's that good. You're mm -hmm. showing them like, hey, if you haven't signed up for this, then you obviously need to because I'm still over mm -hmm. here talking about it. I haven't gotten tired of it. And it's been, I've been talking about this every day for six months. Exactly. Okay, so we talked a lot about lead magnets. L love that information. What about once we get them on the podcasters list, what do you recommend for podcasters, you know, newsletters or once they're on the list, how are we growing that relationship and engaging with the people on the email list? Yeah, so you're going to want a solid welcome sequence. And that can be four or five emails. You, of course, the first one instantly delivers the email. The others start nurturing that relationship, right? You're going to hear a welcome sequence, also called a nurture sequence for that exact reason. You're nurturing that relationship with that subscriber and that listener. I recommend for podcasters because they're probably new or newer to your show and you want to let them know like what other episodes you have out there. You mm -hmm. can even, you know, maybe you even ask a question in second or third email that says, hey, are you more interested in A, B or C? And then they can click a link. That link takes them to a curated list of episodes about that particular topic. And then they can go download and binge those episodes. Mm -hmm. So that's another way to, you know, increase downloads, but also build that relationship and really watch your customer journey. And you can see like there are a lot more people clicking choice A and B and nobody's really interested in C, then you know that you maybe you don't have as many episodes on that particular topic anymore. It kind of gives mm -hmm. you some market research there as well. Once that welcome sequence is done, I recommend putting them into your weekly emails and emailing weekly. Let them know what show just dropped, what show happened last week, and what else is going on. Maybe you need to ask them some questions about certain topics that they want to hear about. And there you go with the market research again. Find out what your listeners really want to listen to, what shows you need to be putting out there for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And then, you know, when you're doing all of this, then whenever you ask for a review or you start doing a giveaway or something, people are really paying attention because they're used to hearing and taking action on your emails and such. Yes, absolutely. And so if you're launching a new program, like we said, a lot of us, our podcast is just another arm of our business to bring in more leads, more customers. So, I mean, it's perfect to have your email list right there. They hear you every week. They see your name in their inbox every week. And so they are not going to be caught off guard when you're suddenly launching a new program or a new product. Right, right. Now, when it comes to a newsletter or just a weekly email that you're promoting the episode, do you like doing... I'll just tell you what my preference is. I love it when I open an email and I don't realize that it's promoting a podcast episode and I like get kind of tricked into reading the whole email. (laughs) Trick isn't the right word, but like I literally get tricked into reading the email. It's a hook. Yeah. It's yeah, I get hooked in, hooked into reading the email. And then I realize, oh, it they're talking about their podcast episode. And mm-hmm. I'm also pleasantly surprised because I'm like, they did that so well. Cause personally, I'm gonna listen to their episode regardless, because I'm a you know, avid podcast listener. I don't really need a reminder in in my email, but I just love when that happens. So is that kind of your approach? Or do you also maybe recommend and, and use with clients just like a straight up, hey, this is what we are talking about on the podcast. These are the reasons you should listen. I like stories best, honestly, both personally and professionally. I like the stories best because as humans, our brains are just wired to want to hear the rest of a story. Mm. So I like to drop people in like the very middle of a story and they're like, wait, what is happening? And then they keep reading and then, you know, it all circles back and lets them know, you know, what I've got going on over here. One of my most popular emails that I've sent out, I don't know if you were on my list when this one went out, Lauren, and it is out. The subject line was TikTok and marriage, and it's about Bama Rush Talk and how I got sucked into Alabama, University of Alabama sorority TikTok through Rush like last <laughs> fall and how I learned about what Golden Goose shoes were. And my husband caught me putting Golden Goose $500 stickers in my Nordstrom cart. And it's like this whole big story. But the way that it opened the email, people were instantly like, what is happening? Why is someone <laughs> yelling at you? What is this, you know, about these shoes? And so it was, um, it was the probably my most favorite email. I got a lot of replies on that one, but that's what I did. I dropped them all of a story. They read all the way through and then they got invited. I think they were that particular and they were invited to a summit that I was speaking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got a lot of signups to the summit because they made it all the way to the end of the email and, and took that invitation to the summit and went and signed up. So I prefer stories. Um, I know with the girls weekly emails, it always opens thing really fun. It's usually millennial related to get them going. And then it goes into what dropped this week. But it doesn't have to be that complicated. If you don't think that you're that great of a writer, just tell them what episode dropped in that week. Uh, It's not, you know, a big deal. As long as you are consistently emailing them, just let them know what the show is that's dropping that week and what they may have missed in prior weeks. Yeah, because I mean, it does require like some really solid writing. (laughs) with what you're with what you're describing but even if you as a podcast manager you're like I'm not a you know a super strong writer you can just think of you know a one sentence hook or a yeah, one yes, one sentence yes. question so it doesn't have to necessarily be like you said like this amazing story it could be like just one question that's yeah. you know that would be kind of the story and then it goes into it so that's at least where you could start if you're not a, a strong a strong writer yeah, exactly. 
Now, going back to someone who has a really small list or not even a list at all, what is something that they could do today to start increasing their email list size? Yeah. um, If you do not have a list at all, you haven't even started, you just need to go start an account with an email marketing provider like MailerLite or ConvertKit to get set up. MailerLite is free. It's a very user-friendly. ConvertKit is not free. They do have a free option. Don't fall for it. It does do everything you're going to need it to do. But it is very affordable for getting started like 30 bucks a month or so. Um, it's also very user-friendly and it has a lot of extra features for more advanced automations down the road as you grow and as, as your list grows and your show grows. Um, but if you're just starting today, you want something free just to play around with me to get started, I recommend starting with MailerLite because their free option is really good. Um, but if you already have a list, maybe it's a small list, um, what can you do today to start to grow yours is just come up with an irresistible opt-in, um, all known as a lead magnet. You've probably heard us say those um, words interchangeably and just share it everywhere. Share it on Instagram stories, put it in your ad spots, um, maybe toward the beginning of your episodes. But yeah, just an irresistible opt-in that they can't say no to. Make it very hard for them to say no to that lead magnet. I do help with you to do that. I have a free resource that I brought along to the show today. Um, It's called Listeners to Subscribers. And I'm sure Lauren will have it in the show notes. It's just meganward.com forward slash podcasters. Um, And you can grab that. It's going to walk you through everything. So even if you've never started an email list, this is a great way to start. If you have a list and you know the very basics, this can help you to begin to grow that list. You'll probably start like on page four or five of that of that um, lead magnet that I'm sharing today with you. Yes, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. One question that came to mind when you were saying that, just the irresistible piece of the lead magnet, what could we say to our clients if we're talking to them about, hey, here's some ideas I have for you for the this lead magnet. Where's the line, in your opinion, between this is such a good lead magnet and for lack of a better word, like giving away too much? Right. Like if especially if they if they have a business, maybe they have a program or, you know, a membership or something that someone can join. Where do you like to land in that of get how much value you give? Usually I give the like an overview. So that I just shared is kind of an overview into a course that I do have. It doesn't go as in depth as the course. The course is going to give you templates. It's going to give you a whole lot more to get the job done. It's going to give you a lot more actual teaching for me and showing case studies and um, getting down into the nitty gritty. But the lead magnet is just kind of the overview of what you would find. So almost like each page is a little bit like a module you would find in the course in a way, if that helps. Now, I also will give away module one sometimes of a a program. I've got module one of a a particular course out to certain um, podcasts that I'm a guest on. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of gives them an idea of, what that program is like, what all I'm going to be covering in it. Um, They actually do get something out of it. So we could watch module one and then go do their own thing, you know, without buying the whole course. So I don't know if that helps. It kind of answers the question of mm-hmm. of where that is, because it is a fine line. Because sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this was free. Like, I feel like I should have at least paid 20 bucks for this thing. Or $27 seems to be the magic number that we see a lot out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hope that's helpful to kind of define like, where that line is. It is a fine line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And one thing that I kind of think about whenever I'm thinking of something that's free is it should be something that you could sell, 
for a certain yes. amount of money. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be, it shouldn't have a free vibe. <laughs> right. Honestly, and you should probably think I should be selling this for $27 or mm-hmm. $17 or something because it's that good. You know, maybe not $99 or, or something higher. But yeah, that that's what I keep in my mind is like, it needs to be good enough that someone would pay you for it. Yeah. And they need to be able to get an actual true quick win out of it. And that's why I don't think checklists are going to cut it anymore because not they don't always really get you that win. Mm-hmm. If you go through mine, just use it as an example. If you go sign up for it and uh, just want to look at it just to get a good idea, it really helps you walk through like, okay, here's where I need to start. This is the step one of what I'm going to go do. And this is step three of what I'm going to do. And it's going to get you moving along to getting your email going and get an irresistible lead net set up and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So um, there's another really good one that I've signed up for fairly recently. She's a YouTube strategist and it was like multiple pages. She had videos linked in it and mm-hmm. it was all about getting up and running with your YouTube. And it was like, one of my most favorite, I was like, I can't believe this thing was free, just like we said. And the only reason my YouTube is not be up and running is because of time on my end, not because of lack of her lead magnet. It was amazing. Um, and so I continue to follow her. I probably will wind up investing in her when I'm ready to take the leap because she has, you know, an age that helps you with your YouTube channel. But um, it was just so incredibly helpful in just getting going. She walks you through step by step of everything you need to do and walks you through step by step on like creating your episodes, finding Mm. titles for your episodes, the thumbnails, all of that basic stuff that probably she teaches in her first module of her courses would be what I imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what kind of comes to mind, what I'm hearing is like, she's giving you this really great value, but it's hard to implement on it. Why? Because we all have limited amount of time and we need to focus on the things like that we're focused on right now. So she's showed you, hey, working with me, would we would do these things together and your YouTube channel would be created. So you're almost like primed to work with her now because you know yep. what it would you know, it'd be like because you learned some of the steps, but you don't have the time, which, hey, we've heard that story right every every day of the week. So yeah, I that's I think what you just said there was a perfect example of a great opt-in. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, awesome. Yes. And the link to your opt-in will be in the show notes, meganward.com forward slash podcasters. And thank you for for giving that to us today. Where can we connect with you after the show? Yeah, well, you can always find me on Instagram um, at the Megan Ward. And I do spell my name a little differently. So make sure you pay attention in the show notes of how I spell my name. But yeah, I'm always on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Um, not on Facebook as much more. I don't yeah. know. It's just yeah. not doing it for me anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for teaching us a ton today. This has been so good. And I can't wait to hear what the listeners think of the show. Thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.